0: Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Would you open your Bible to two scriptures? You know, God's given us five fingers so we can actually turn to five scriptures and hold on to uh, Max, okay? So I'm kidding. But you can take two, uh, two fingers and put it in two scriptures. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10 and Mark chapter 11, Romans chapter 10 and Mark chapter 11. Do you know that about every three weeks, maybe four weeks, something happens in my family that... It's a little bit frustrating to me, and it's a, probably even more frustrating to my wife, Tiffany. And, and it goes something like this. I'll be out, you know, on an errand or at an appointment or somewhere and driving, you know, driving somewhere. And, and I hadn't seen Tiffany for a few hours, and she'll text me or she'll call me, and it'll go something like this. She'll say, hey, I was looking at your calendar, and I see that you have an appointment that you're finishing up right now because she sees my calendar Okay, so we kind of share our calendars. And she says, I wonder if you could stop by on the way home and you could pick something up for me uh, at the store. Now, it sounds real innocent, but it's going to turn out bad, okay? (laughs) I'm just warning you. It happens about every three or four weeks. It probably would happen more if it turned out good. But she says, and I say, well, sure, it's kind of like a trap. She goes, you know, I I just want you to pick up bananas. And I go, sure, I can I can do that. I am man. I can pick up bananas, you know. Very very simple, you know. I can pick up bananas. And then she'll go, oh, yeah, can you pick up some cocoa powder, too? Oh, can you pick up some cumin? Now we're getting into some what? You know, could could you pick up some chicken broth? (laughs) Girl, what you talking about? I don't even know where these things are. Yeah, what store do you want me to... You want me to pick it up? I want you to go over to, you know, to Target or to Kroger's or something, and I want you to, and then she goes, you know what, I'll tell you what, let me just send you a list. This is usually how the progression goes. Let me just send you a list. Is that okay? But honey, would you mind doing that for me? I say, well, well sure, but I know it's, it's going to turn out bad. Turn out bad, so she sends me this list and this list sometimes you're scrolling up and you're thinking i thought i was just picking up bananas what i to have like you know 12 things on this and uh so i get to the store and i pull out my phone pull out my list and you know and i'm walking around and i'm going okay bananas you know and i grab the grocery shop grocery cart and i come over and i put some bananas in and then uh, i remember she wants them okay they're not too green but not too ripe and this and that okay got the bananas and then it says you know cumin cumin So I'm like, who knows, who who around here looks like they know what they're doing, you know? Hey, do you know what cumin is? (laughs) You know, the one first person kind of walks by, like, (laughs) like, who are you, you know? And then so I find someone and I start asking. All that to say, what she could do in probably about 10 minutes, 15 minutes walking through the store. I'm still in the store 45 minutes later, walking around, trying to find this list, and she calls me about 30 minutes into it and says hey, uh, uh, did you get the stuff? I go, I'm, I'm halfway through the list. You know, what happened to the bananas? You know, I got the bananas and such. But I get home, then she goes through and makes sure that I got all the stuff and, you know, has it all. And, and most of the time, three quarters of it is right, okay? And then she says, you didn't get this and you didn't get this and such. And I say, well, that's why you shouldn't send me. You should go to the store, you know, and such. And then she doesn't for about three weeks and then she has builds up faith and, and trust, which she probably shouldn't in me on that again. And so all that to say, this morning we are starting, we are uh, talking about something called where faith is found. Where faith is found. The reason why it takes me so long is because I'm not familiar with the grocery store. I'm not familiar where to look for things. I don't have it mapped out. I don't have a a place to, to just check out to see if it's there. And so it takes me a long time. Most of the time I get the right things and sometimes I get the wrong things. But can I tell you, uh, faith is something that's central to our life as believers. And it's important that we know where faith, where faith is found. So uh, last week we began a teaching called Great Faith. Great Faith. Jesus would say to people, I haven't found such great faith in all Jerusalem. Do You know Jesus looks for faith? Because he would also say, where's your faith? And then he would say, this person has great faith. Obviously, Jesus was looking for faith in people's lives. But we, it started out of uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, and it says this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Most of the time, if you ask someone, how do you please God? They wouldn't say faith. They would say, well, I'm trying to do the right thing in my life. I'm trying to go to church. I'm trying to get the right things, you know, lined up in my life. But but Hebrews says without faith, it's impossible to please God, which means that faith is a necessity. It's a requirement. And last week I started a message. If you haven't heard it yet, go back to the podcast and listen to it. It's called Faith is Required. There's a few scriptures uh, that I pointed out, and that's this. In Hebrews 11:6. He who comes to God must believe, must believe. Faith makes prayer work. Prayer doesn't make faith work. And I think what happens is a lot of times we pray and our prayers don't work, so we think we just need to pray more. Or we think we need to get others praying. Hey, it ain't working, so can you pray? Hey, can you pray? Can you pray? Can you pray? Then you say, I got 20 people praying, and it still doesn't work. And then we say, well, I'm going to get and then people you know some people say i I have the whole nation praying i have everybody praying but it still isn't isn't happening but can i tell you one of the reasons i believe is because the bible says that he who comes to god must believe there's there's something about believing in our prayers that activates our prayers and i shared the story about like getting a, a toy car that if you don't have the batteries put in I don't care how many cars you get you can get 30 cars and none of them will work if they don't have the batteries the batteries in our prayers is believing you have to believe when you pray it's not just about praying more you can pray till you, you can pray day and night and and it may not never work but it's not because God doesn't want your prayers to work it's because we need to pray with believing hearts in Hebrews eleven six, 6, that's what it says. But then in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. Which means it's not all things are possible to him who prays. Prayer is important, but prayer without believing is empty. We can pray more, but if we don't believe, we're missing something. Mark chapter, uh, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 21, and verse 22 out of the NIV Jesus said, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask. If you believe. Faith is required for prayer. We can pray without faith, and it won't work. And so what happens? We try to pray more. We try to get more people on board. It still doesn't work. We need to pray believing. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus said, whatever things you ask, believe that you receive and you will have. What is he saying? He's saying it's not just whatever things you ask you'll receive. No whatever things you ask believing you'll receive it's important for us to have faith and to believe in our prayers it's important for us to pray in faith well since faith is required in our lives the first question that I would ask is well where's faith found how do I know if I have faith how do I know if what I'm praying if I really believe it or not or if it's really you know gonna happen or not well let's let the Bible answer that night there's two Two uh, passages of scriptures that I want us to read together and I want to read this loudly and out loud and let's fill this, uh, this room with the word of God this morning can we do it and it's from Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10 and verses 8 through 10 and I want us to read this together can you look at it, it's on your screens, it's also on your notes Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 it says this, thank you guys, appreciate it it says this, but what does it say let's read it together, but what does it say the word is near you in your mouth And in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then let's read Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. Ready? Read, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I want you to notice in both, both stories, Both scriptures, one Paul wrote to the Church of of Rome and another Jesus said, both scriptures, there's two things that are required to see prayers come to pass. Two things. One is believe in your heart and one is confess with your mouth. We're talking about where to find faith. Listen, one is believe in your heart. Can everybody just point to their heart for just a moment? Yeah. Believe in your heart and another is point to your lips for a second. Confess with your mouth. Both of those things together, both of those things together will help you to receive from the Lord, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. In both of those passages, those were the required things in order to see God's plan happen in their lives or God's promises happen. Now, in the book of Romans, it's talking about how to receive salvation. So if you don't know Jesus and you want to receive Jesus, you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus. For with the heart one believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In the book of Mark, in fact, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus wasn't even talking about prayer. He was in verse 24. But in verse 23, he was talking about speaking to mountains, not to God. And that was how to remove obstacles in your life. That sometimes there are things in your life that need to be removed and it's the same thing. Listen, you have to have, point to your mouth, you have to have it, confess it on your mouth, and you have to believe, point to your heart. You have to believe it in your heart. Those two things combined together is what's called, in there is what's called faith. Confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. It's not just, well, I believe, so I have faith. Nope. It's not just, well, I confess, so I have faith. Nope. It's the confession Of something that you believe on the inside both require the same thing and everything you receive from God has to be received by faith I know you might say how did you lump salvation in there with speaking to a mountain everything you receive from God is received this way there's not a different way there's not a new way everything for the rest of your breaths here on earth that you're going to receive from God has to be received in this way believe it in your heart Confess it with your mouth. That's called faith, those two together. Both require the same thing. So I'm going to, we all know that we need faith, and we all know the basics of that, but I'm going to give you four points here about how to know that you're walking in faith and where to find faith in your life. Number one is this, and you can write it in your notes. Faith is the, in the combination of, faith is in the combination of confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. Faith is in the combination of confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. Now, at the beginning of Romans chapter 10, the very first verse says that God wants Israel to be saved. He says he wants people to be saved. And he says, here's how. It's not that you're calling God down or you're calling God up. He says, but the word is near you, in verse 8. The word is near you. What is he saying? You don't need other answers. You don't need to call Jesus down or call him up. He's already provided the things So here's what he says, the word is near you in your mouth, say in your mouth, mouth. and in your heart, say in your heart. Where is the word? In your mouth and in your heart. And he goes on and clarifies what the word is. He says, that is the word of faith which we preach. That is the word of faith which we preach. In other words, faith in the word or the word of faith or the word with faith, however you want to say it, what it is is it's God's word in your mouth and God's word in your In your heart. The word is near you in your mouth in your heart. So the word of faith is found in the mouth and is found in the heart. If you're not if the word of God isn't coming out of your mouth, then it's not faith. If the word of God isn't in your heart, if you don't have a belief in your heart, then it's not faith. There's a missing element. But the combination of those two is faith. How do you know that you're uh, in faith? How can you just do I was looking at I told you at the grocery store looking for something? How do I know if I got it or not? Well, it's in my basket, and then it's in my bag on the way home. How do you know that you're in faith? Both of those things will be there. The word of God will be in your mouth, and the word of God will be in your heart. If one of those elements are missing, you're not in faith yet. So you can pray till you're blue in the face, but if you're not praying in faith, you might as well have a birthday cake and put candles on the birthday cake and say, make a wish. It's about going to have about the same results. Because faith isn't making a wish. That's the way people talk about prayer, though, nowadays. You come and say, would you pray with me about something? I say, what do you want me to pray with you about? Well, I want you to pray for such and such, okay? Now, after I pray, do you believe that God will do that? Well, I hope so. Well, I'm not going to pray, because you won't get anything. You think, what do you mean? That's arrogant. No, no, no. Jesus said it. You have to pray believing. So if you don't believe, how can you receive? You have to be able to believe. So here's the encouraging thing. Faith's not complex. Faith is very simple. A little child can have faith. That's why Jesus said, let the children come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. They get faith more than we get faith. Because they don't get all the the thoughts and the other things in the way. Faith can be very, very simple. So faith is a combination of confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. Uh, Verse Uh, 8, it says the word's near you and where is the word? Well, it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. How do we know we have faith? It'll be in both places. Verse 9 says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. How do you get saved? Look at your neighbor and tell him how to get saved. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him how to get saved. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead and you'll be saved, right? Let me ask you, can you get saved just by believing? People say, I, I believe, but I want you to say Jesus is the Lord of your life. I can't say it. can't say it, but I believe it. can't say it. Or other people say, I'll say it. <laughs> Jesus is the Lord. Who the heck's he? They don't believe it. See, it's the combination of believing and saying together that the, that's how you receive salvation. But can I tell you, that's how you receive healing too. That's how you receive deliverance too. That's how you receive financial uh, supply as well. That's how you receive answered prayer. The same thing is believing and confessing. Sometimes we think, I can understand it with salvation, but I can't understand it with the rest. That's okay, just hang around, you'll get there. You just keep reading the word, letting the word get inside of you, and you'll realize that God loves you and wants to take care of you. But this is the way that you receive everything is through the confession of your mouth and the believing in your heart. He says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that's how you'll be saved. Salvation requires both. Can you say both? And then in verse 10, he explains it. He says, for with the heart, one believes. What's the function of the heart? Believing. Come on, say it. Believing. And with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. With the mouth, we seal the deal, so to speak. I I don't mean disrespectfully that way. But I'm saying, in the heart we believe, but with the mouth, that's how salvation comes. With the heart you believe, and with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. You know, it's kind of like if you, uh, and I know this is a much less thing than receiving salvation, but it's kind of like if you were uh, really wanting a car or something. Okay, and you, you said, man, I really like that car. It's just a beautiful car. Oh, I love that car. And you see it in a magazine or you see it driving by. And you take a picture of that car and you, you maybe snap it and you put it on your phone. Or maybe you put it up at your desk or something. And every day you look at that car. Maybe uh, on your way to work, maybe you have a, a, a beater you know, car. And you're on you're <laughs> a different car. And you have that nice car picture up there. And you say, this is my car. And you start to tell everybody. They say, what's that picture of that car? Oh, that's my car. That's my car. I like that car, yeah. And then you go down to the dealership, you talk to them about the car, they work out whether you pay cash or financing or however you do it, and they say, okay, well, all you have to do is sign this and do this and we can get the car. And you go, okay, okay, that's fine. But you walk away and you say, that's my car, that's my car. Is it their car? No. If you went and got in the car and drove away, is it their car? No, you're stealing the car. It's not the car, it's not your car until you sign for the car. It's not the car, it's not your car until you commit to the car. It's not just believing, yeah, that's my car. Yeah, you, you can believe and get arrested. <laughs> it's believing and committing that I take responsibility for that car, right? Even more so, even more so, let me give you another example, marriage. Marriage, okay? Uh, I love you, baby. I know we've been dating for five years, and I love you. You better put a ring on it, right? And he says, uh, he, he, he says I love you. Just trust me. I love you you know and she plays the song in the car na na na, na 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 put a ring on it right i know it's an old song something right and she's like baby you know when are we going to get married oh, i love you baby i love you i love you but can i tell you until you set up a date and you get a, a ring and you you know i know you don't have to do all those things but i'm saying you show up at a wedding and at the wedding you have someone ask you to make what's called vows it's commitment verbal commitments Right? I've married a, a lot of different people, I've officiated many weddings, and I'll say, repeat after me, you know, I, Brian, I never had Brian look at me and said, no, I just believe it in my heart. I don't believe, I don't believe I need to confess it with my mouth. I'll tell you what that bride would do, she'd slap him upside the head, right? You better confess it with your mouth. It's not just believing in your heart, you better confess it with your mouth. Right? And what happens? They make the commitments, they make the vows, and they become married. It happens. Do you know the same thing with our lives? With the heart, Romans ten ten says, with the heart one believes, but with the mouth one commits. It's not faith until you make the commitment with your mouth. Well, I don't want to make the commitment because then I'm committed. Yeah, that's called faith, right? That's called faith. With the heart one believes, But with the mouth, one commits or receives. And so that's there in verse uh, 10, okay? So we're on, um, I want to go to point two. Point two is this. You believe with your heart, not with your head. Write that in. You believe with your heart, not with your head. Okay, now, I I asked if they would, I I didn't know if I was going to use this, but I asked if they would uh, bring this diagram. I am a master artist. Just want to let you know, okay, I, this is a, what's that word, what's that word this morning? That's Yadah. <laughs> this person's Yadah, okay? <laughs> All right, this is the heart right here, right? And this is a, this is the, this is the person, I'll give him some eyes, Okay. A happy person, we're in church, he's happy, right, okay, all right, so with the heart, where does the believing come from the heart, right, so with the heart, one believes, right, and with the mouth, one confesses or speaks, your words with your mouth, you're believing with your heart. Okay. Now, I know that may seem basic, and you say, what, are we idiots? I mean, <laughs> of course. That's, we know that. No, that's not true. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll show you this as, as we go. Some of the ways we get messed up is because we don't try to believe with the heart. The heart. Listen, you believe with your heart, not your head. Romans 10, 9 says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your what? Believe where? In your heart that God's raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, and does not doubt in his heart... Does not doubt in his heart. Where are we supposed to believe? In our hearts. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Now, your heart, your cardia, the physical blood pump that you have, he's not talking about that, of course, because that's physical. And you can't believe with something physical in your body. No, no more, you can't believe with your heart no more than you could believe with your finger, right? Or believe with your hand. No, those, those are physical. But when you were born again, it was your spirit that was born again. In the book of John, chapter 3, it says that which is, flesh, that's which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. You must be born again. And Nicodemus was getting it all messed up. And he's like, how do I be born again? Look at my flesh. I've already been born. He says, not your outside, your inside. Now, we know, according to John, chapter 4, that God is spirit, so when we were born of God, we were born, our spirits were born of God. So we are spirit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse uh, 23, it says this. I believe this verse 23. He says, uh, do I have that scripture on there? Okay. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this. I pray that God would sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are three-part beings. Every one of us are three-part beings. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Now, when you got saved, did your body get saved? Did you look in the mirror and you look different? If you were ugly, you're still ugly. No one's ugly in here. If you were tall, you're still tall. If you were short, you're still short. If you were, let's just stop there, okay? Tiff <laughs> said just stop there, okay. Just stop right there. Your your flesh isn't saved. Did you know your mind isn't saved? Your soul isn't saved. When, when you got saved, you know, I've been around, I love being around people who just gave their lives to Jesus because they get in prayers. I've had people, you know, they, they gather around and they say, let's pray. And they're fired up for God. They just got saved and they were on the streets or they were, they were out, you know, in gangs or they were out in some hard lifestyle. And they're like, let's pray. They say, God, I pray. And sometimes they'll, you know, have a profanity in their prayer or something. And you realize, dude, did he just say that? Did he just say that? Why? Because your mind didn't get saved. Your flesh didn't get saved. What part of you got saved? Your spirit got saved. Your spirit's renewed. Now, if I asked you, how many are believers in here? Yeah, and and you know you're going to heaven. Okay, good. So if I asked you, are you a believer, are you a Christian, what would you say? Yes. And I'd say, do you know you're going to heaven? You would say yes. And I would say, how do you know? And a lot of people's answers is this, I just know. Isn't that right? How do you know? I just know right, on the inside, because it says in the book of Romans chapter 8, the spirit, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God, his spirit talks to our spirit, his spirit doesn't communicate with our flesh, his spirit doesn't communicate with our minds, his spirit communicates with our spirit, spirit to spirit, that's why Jesus said, he says, those that worship must worship in spirit, for God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth, right? So spirit to spirit. If I say, are you a believer? Yes, I'm a believer. How do you know? Because I just know on the inside. It's his spirit bears witness with our spirit. Do you know that's the same way you know that you believe? Is you just know. You pray and you say, I prayed and I believe that I receive. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, when you pray, believe you receive it then and you'll have it later. How do you know you believe you receive it? And you would say, I just know. I don't know, I just know I got the answer. (laughs) I just know I got the answer. And it's not here, I know I got the answer, I need to say it a thousand times so that I convince myself. No, 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 I know on the inside that I got the answer. Why? The same way that I know I'm saved, I know that when I prayed, I got it. That's called faith. I prayed it and I believed it on the inside. Faith is in the heart, not the head. See, I think a lot of people are trying to get their head saved which I know we need to renew our minds according to the word of God. That's what, that's what the word says also. But can I tell you, you don't believe in your head, you believe in your heart. Jesus said, whenever you say and does not doubt in his heart, but believes where? In his heart, he'll receive. So I wanna make this, and the reason why I drew this is because faith is in the heart and in the mouth. And it's the combination of these two is called faith. Now, let me draw another person quickly, okay? This is this guy's brother. It's going to look a lot alike. Okay, because I, I only know how to draw. I'm a master artist, but I only know how to draw one guy, and it looks a lot like SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay? So this guy's, how about we say he's, he's kind of doing, what's that word? Yeah, there we go. He's kind of doing it. Okay. He's doing the one hand. (laughs) Okay. All right. This guy is trying to have faith with his head, right? And he's trying to confess with his mouth and have faith, head faith, not heart faith. Head faith, heart faith, right? His heart's kind of on the sidelines, but it's head faith, heart faith. This guy is what Jesus said, you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Which part of us was born again? Our head? or our heart. So our heart was born again. So which part of us do we need to believe? Here. Which part of us hears from God? Our heart. Which part of us receives from God? Our heart. Which part of us has faith? Our heart. What about the head? Our head gets in the way. I'm not saying I'm not saying we should let you know not think about the head no renew the mind till the head catch up catches up but a lot of times our heads have to catch up with our heart you believe with your heart not your head romans 10 9 says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that little buzzer means i'm done (laughs) turn that sound off (laughs) kidding okay and does not doubt in his heart but believes listen your heart We refer to the heart as our center or our core, the heart of a tree, the heart of a subject, the main point. We need to believe in our heart means that we believe from the core of our beings, from who we are on the inside. How do you know you got it? I just know. I don't know it here. I can't figure it out here, but in here, I just know. When you were born again, your body didn't get saved, your mind didn't get saved, but your heart got saved. You just know. That's the same place that you believe is in your heart. Come on, point to where you believe. Everybody, point to where you believe. You believe in your heart, okay? Now, number three, you can have faith in your heart and still have doubt in your head. Listen, you can have faith in your heart and still have doubt in your head and still receive from God. You just can't have doubt in your heart. See, I think sometimes we're trying to get faith in our head, but we still have doubt in our heart and receive from God. No, no, no. The combination of faith, according to the word, and I could show you dozens and dozens of scriptures, we just don't have time, over and over and over again, is believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth. Not believing in the head. And this is a lot of times why we can't get over the, the whole hump of it is because we're trying to get our heads convinced that God's word's true, and you'll never be able to do it. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the natural man cannot receive or does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, nor can he, because the things of God are spiritually discerned. So if we're waiting for our head to understand the things of God, then we're always going to be behind, and our prayers are going to be empty, and here's what we're going to say. Well, I guess it just wasn't God's will. See, that's kind of the excuse. Well, whatever God wants, whatever God wills, no, that's not true. God's will won't come to pass a lot of the times. And, you know, like I brought up last week in in 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, does God want the whole world to be saved? He says he would that the whole world would be saved. Is the whole world going to be saved? No. God wants every single person in Memphis to walk saved, called, called, and, and full of the calling of God in their lives, in full force, and full faith. Is it going to happen? Probably not. So God's will doesn't always happen. We can't always just say, well, if it's God's will, it happens. That's not true. God wills a lot of things and it doesn't happen. But what do we have to do? See, God, we have to be in a position to receive the will of God. We have to be in a position to receive the things of God. The same place that you believe in your heart Uh, that you saved is the same place you received from God. You can have faith in your heart and still have doubt in your head. And let me show you, Mark 11, 23 says this. It says, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, say it with me, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Notice it doesn't say doubt in his head. It says doubt in his heart and does not doubt in his heart but believes, where? In his heart, that those things he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. So you can have faith in your heart but doubt in your head and still receive. Well, how can I do that? Look at Proverbs chapter three. You know Proverbs chapter three, verse five. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your head. Lean not on your own understanding, your intellect, the way that you process things. If you you have to get every one of your thoughts perfectly lined up before you believe you're going to be messed up you're not going to receive most things from God listen trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding or on your head it's important to trust in what you believe not in what you think also in Philippians remember in Philippians it says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God is that spiritual or physical Is that spiritual or physical? The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What is he saying? He's saying something spiritual supersedes or in NIV it says it transcends. Something spiritual transcends something mental or something that we process. Our minds are trying to catch up but I think what happens is we're trying to get our minds to operate in faith when we need to get our hearts operating in faith. I believe it's a lot easier to get our hearts operating in faith, uh, which passes all understanding. Many, think, many are trying to get their heads to believe. But the, as I said again in, 2, in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man does not receive the things of God. You can have faith in your heart and still have doubt in your head. I, I believe that's going to help somebody today because I believe that the enemy has been telling some people in here today that you don't have faith. Because your thoughts aren't all caught up. That's not true. You have faith. Come on, just say it. I have faith yeah where it's down in here my head is still catching up my head's still trying to process how many would say my head's still trying to process some things yeah but my heart's there my heart's there we need to believe with the heart and confess with the mouth john wesley once said that the devil has given the church a substitute for faith one that looks and sounds so much like faith that few people can tell the difference he said this substitute is called mental assent Many people read God's word and agree that it is true. They agree from their head that it's true, but they're only agreeing with their minds, and that is not what gets the job done. It's heart faith where you receive from God. It's not head faith. Sometimes whether we, uh, we might say, well, I don't have any doubts. Well, in your head, but it's not believing in your head. Do you believe in your heart? Everything that I receive from God, every time I've received healing from God, I've always received it in my heart first. Every time I've received provision from God, supernaturally. Every time I've received deliverance. Every time I've received something from God, it's always been received in my heart first. Even though my head would doubt it, but I continued to believe. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. remember when you pray, believe that you receive now and you'll have it then. And then number four, number four, connect your mouth with what you believe not with what you think Hmm. connect your mouth with what you believe not with what you think you know sometimes we just want to Say everything we think, and that messes you up. How many would say that's messed me up before? Yeah, yeah. You want to just say everything I think, right? You believe there's something in your heart, but yet you go, "How's that going to work?" And what about that? And what about that? And you're fighting, you're fighting all of the things, you know. And uh, you know, here, here it is. We're a little bit closer to that payment being due. We're a little bit closer to this happening. How's that going to work? How's that going to work? And right when you just go, "I'm just not going to think about it," a good friend comes up and goes, "By the way, how's that going to work?" And you're like, "Shut up!" You know, they'll help you think about the other things. But connect your mouth with what you believe, not with what you think. Remember in uh, Mark eleven twenty three. 23, just go back to that. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things he says. Believes the things he says. The heart, look at the diagram again, this awesome diagram up here. The heart and the mouth have to be connected, but believes the things that he says, not believes the things that he thinks, says the things that he thinks. And let me ask you, the things that you're believing God for, are you saying your thoughts or are you saying what you believe? Are you speaking your thoughts or are you speaking what you believe? That's the difference in answers. I'm just gonna keep confessing, brother. I'm just gonna keep confessing. which you're not gonna get anything if you're trying to believe with your head. It's believe with your heart. Down on the inside. Your head may tell you this is crazy, but your heart tells you this is right on. Whoever, he says, does not doubt in his heart but believes. It's the power is, listen, in saying what you believe and believing what you say. Abraham faith, Abraham had a promise, and he had an impossible circumstance. Abraham was 100 years old. His wife was 90 years old. God gave them a promise of a son. And he's looking at his body. He's like, man, I don't have any ability to produce. He's looking at his wife's body, and he's like, that doesn't encourage me either. And this is a bad combination. It's a bad combination, right? And so what did he do? Romans chapter 4 verse 19 says this. And not being weak in faith, listen, he did not consider his own body. It didn't say he didn't say it didn't exist. He just said he stopped looking at it. He stopped considering it. He stopped talking about it. He stopped asking how it was all going to work out. And what did he start considering? He considered, but the Bible says he didn't consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 deadness of Sarah's womb. He knew it was there. He knew his body was there and he knew her body was there, but he just said, we can't factor that in. We're not gonna get anything. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but notice this, he was strengthened in faith. Was that in his mind or his heart? In his heart. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, God was also able to perform it. So what did he do? He'd look at himself. He'd look at his wife. He's like, we're in trouble. I can't be looking down. i got to look up. i got to look up. God, I thank you that you're able to perform it. God, I thank you that you're able to work it out. God, I I thank you that my eyes are on you, not ourselves. And what happened? The Bible says he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. Where? Not in his head. Because in in his head, if he thought about it too long, he'd be messed up again. See, right right in this lesson, what we're talking about is where a lot of people get messed up. You know what I'm talking about? They're trying to get our head all working. It's not always going to work. But what's important is to get your heart in line, get your heart in line. He didn't talk about what was in his head. He talked about what was in his heart. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He spoke what he believed. This is what we need to do. Speak the word of God. Speak the promises of God. Speak the plan of God. Thank God that nothing's impossible. Come on, somebody right now just lift your hand and say, thank you, God, that nothing's impossible. Just say it. Somebody just needs a little, little glimmer of hope right now. Maybe you haven't had hope. Say, God, I thank you that nothing's impossible. God, I thank You that You're for me and You're not against me. God, I thank You that You're on my side. Lord, I thank You that You love me with an everlasting love. Lord, I speak what I believe. Come on, right now, let's speak what we believe, not what we think. Lord, I speak what I believe today. I believe the word of God. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in Jesus. I believe, Lord, that You're for me and not against me. I believe, Lord. I believe today. Say this after me. I'm a believer. Come on, say it. I'm a believer and I'm not a doubter. I confess what I believe, and I believe God's Word. I believe what God says, not what I think, not my circumstances, not my problems, not my deficiency, but I believe the strength and the provision of God. I believe in the Word of God. I believe in the plan of God. And when I pray, I pray in faith. I don't pray in wishing, but I pray in believing. Come on, somebody needs to say that. I don't pray wishing but I pray believing. So where is faith found? It's found in our mouth. It's found in our heart. If the word of God's not coming out of your mouth and the word of God's not settled in your heart, you're not in faith. The word's near you in your mouth, in your heart. The function of the mouth is to confess. The function of the heart is to believe. Somewhere within the cooperation of these two things, we have what's called faith. Faith.